Hey guys, GBC podcast number 27. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. Okay, Shane. Um, I'm really glad and excited to, you know, share with everybody that we're on Spotify and we're on iTunes and pretty soon here, it's going to be super easy for you to be able to search for us and listen to us like as you're running or in your car or you know, running your errands. Absolutely. Podcast. Yeah. And, and you can actually listen to it like a real podcast, not a Facebook podcast or a YouTube podcast. Yeah. So we're going to make it super easy for you to access, access, access. <laughs> yeah. Access. You know what I'm saying? Wow. All right, Shane. So I've been thinking, um, the last couple of weeks, like how I pray with my children, how mm-hmm. Kyle prays with our children. And I have to bring up sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I need, I need you to define a couple of words for me and then we'll really like break these down. Okay. Sure. So we're going to go with sin atonement and repentance okay you want to take sin first yeah let's take sin first and let's this will be um kind of a discussing it try to try to Try to make this as practical as possible instead of us just Googling it. Well, that's um, you. That's your, yeah, that's so, your gift. <laughs> well, because anybody can Google this stuff um, right. and definitely wrap your mind around it. So, But I'm not going to give a Google definition. So sin, when it comes to sin, um, what is it? Well, I think on the most practical levels, um, the easiest way to understand it from a relational perspective is in the context of relationships. Sin destroys relationships. That's what sin is. Anything that destroys a relationship is sin. Um, so, you know, the, I think the traditional sense of, of thinking about sin is breaking God's law, um, because sin is almost exclusively a term that's used within the within the church. You know, w- where else do you see sin? I mean, maybe in a movie or something, but um, there's always a religious or church reference to sin, as it should be. You know, that's how we understand it. We need to understand ourselves, the sin in our life and what it does. Um, but for most people, it's just about breaking God's law. In other words, you broke his commandment. He said, you know, God says, you know, you shall not steal and you stole something, whether intellectual property or, or you know, something for, you know, literal, um, or God says, love your neighbor, but you didn't love your neighbor. So, you know, from that, you know, the, the most, I don't know, n- known standpoint, um, traditional standpoint, it's, um, it's breaking God's commands. Not doing what he said to do and doing what he said not to do. Well, uh, what does sin do to relationships? So I think always um, asking yourself, like, what is this going to do to this relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what I wrote down. And I said that sin separates us from God. And so I am I think like what I'm hearing from you is like anything that gets between you and being pure with the other person, um, being pure with God. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not perfect, and and you know we know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But I think to, if you don't say it, it's sort of like you're hiding something that you know you shouldn't have been doing. Like you mm-hmm. got your hand caught in the cookie jar, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. So from and that's why I like to look at it from a relational perspective because you know sin messes up the relationship, and I think the easiest way to see that is is um, through the example of a lie, you know, um, you know, what does a lie do to relationships? Well, it, it messes it up. Um, depending on how big it is, it could destroy it altogether, right? right. Um, especially if you think about it in the context of your family, um, you know, your your children, your children and you, um, spouse, you know, the person you love the most, whoever that person is, if you lie to them, depending on what the lie is about, 
it could completely destroy the relationship. Um, and it, it may never be able to go back to what it was. Or otherwise, it causes some tension for a little while. It causes some drama. Why did you lie about you know, about this? Well, um, the lie messes up the relationship. So I, I think it's easy to see sin, or it's best to see sin in that context, because that's the, that's the problem with God. That's the issue with sin, is that our sin destroys our relationship with our Heavenly Father, with God. It separates us from Him to use... The language that you use yeah um messes up the relationship it causes about separation when i am separated from god now i don't have access to his peace i don't have access to his power i don't have access to his promise because i'm separated from that i am living outside of that so i need i need the sin to be atoned for so mm-hmm. that's your next word atonement well right? yes and the reason why i wrote down atonement it just kind of like popped in in my mind it's not really like a word i use with my friends on a daily yeah, no, basis yeah, who does but i just like like <laughs> the at one mint. I think I learned that in church a long time ago and it just stuck with me. That's how you can break down that word. Mm-hmm. And I think thinking along those lines and today is the first time I've ever heard the at one mint. But oh it, really? Yeah, I just it really taught is. you something. But it, makes, but it makes complete sense because the atonement restores the relationship. So where the oneness is broken, it repairs the oneness. It restores the oneness. Well, you always teach about alignment and so those two words to me now are going to be together mm-hmm. in my brain. Yeah, and the the alignment piece is, you know, the atonement piece is necessary for alignment. We'll talk about repentance in a minute, but that's also um, important for for the alignment piece. But from the atonement perspective, um, you know, from a from a Christian worldview, if you will, to talk theologically for just a moment. Our sin had to be paid for, and we needed a perfect sacrifice to do it. That person is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the atonement for our sin. Whereas in the Jewish tradition, they're sacrificing animals back in the day um, because sin required a blood sacrifice. Right. Um, and, and this maybe is another podcast for another time, but there hasn't been a sacrifice since 70 AD because in 70 AD, the Jewish temple in Jerusalem fell down. The temple was the only place that you could do sacrifices. So it raises all kinds of questions of, well, how are Jews having their sin forgiven if the Old Testament, that's what we call it, they would just, it would be their version of the Bible, you know, the the covenant um, with God um, requires blood sacrifice. So anyways, again, that's probably something else for another day. I know what the answer is because God sent Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, so I, I think this is good though for anyone out there that, that may or may not have a relationship with Jesus, but to know that, it's already been taken care of. Absolutely, and and from a so okay, so from a personal perspective or from a relational perspective, we do this kind of thing, the atonement thing. Mm-hmm. So if I wrong you or you wrong me, we're gonna make it right. Right. The atonement piece is for us is all right. How do we get back to good? You know, how do we make it right between us? Okay. I'm sorry. You know, so maybe maybe it's simply a confession. Maybe it's simply I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I need to go and redo some things or 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 fix some things that that, that was broken, um, and vice versa. That's that's like a a, a micro um, example of of atonement. You know, but it's happening in real time in real relationships where, you know, it's you know where something would require more than just I'm sorry. I just wrote down the word reconciliation. Yeah, well, that's 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 exactly right. You know, okay. recon- we are ministers of reconciliation. One of our highest callings as followers of Jesus, in my opinion, is reconciliation. And that's what Paul calls us. We are ministers of reconciliation. We have a responsibility, m- ministry. Um, see, now that sounds like another church term, but really minister is to serve. Right. We are servants of reconciliation. Okay, well, I like the way you put that. Um to, you know, and I also think like to be at peace with all people, if you can possibly manage 
that's at all. Uh, right, right. That's what. Uh, that's also what the uh, what the. I was going to say what Paul tells us. I'm not sure if Paul. I think it is Paul that no, says I that, but it could be memorized. Better. It could be James um, or <laughs> Peter, for that matter, or John. It's one of those guys. Somebody say, said it. <laughs> saying, is it in as much as it as it um, depends on you? Live at peace with one another. Okay. All right. That's the text. I, I was actually remember. quoting scripture. You, you I, were awesome. Okay. So then repent. Mm-hmm. So repentance is a t- is, is a turnaround, um, and I think this is important that it's it's whatever the thing is that we are walking towards, whatever the thing that is that we've got our 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 mindset on, our focus, our desire, our bent towards um, that's that's causing the disruption in the relationship. Even with so, we'll just keep it between us and God, right? So I'm looking to a person, I'm looking to a substance, a thing to fulfill a desire um, that God meant for me to get from Him. Um, oh, let's just, I need an example. Like, let's use alcohol, maybe. Yeah, or... we can. Yeah, absolutely. So, alcohol. So, I'm turning to alcohol because of. Um, I'm bored. Bored or, or, or frustration or, you know, I'm just, yeah. I just, I need, I need to mellow out. Chill. So, instead of going to God to find my peace, instead of turning to Him first and starting there, I'm literally turning to a substance to take the edge off or whatever right, right, it is. Because right. I can't get my edge taken off by my Heavenly Father. So, I'm going to turn it to this. Well, repentance is, okay, wait a minute. No, I am supposed to get my edge taken off by my father. I am supposed to find my peace in here. So I'm going to turn away from the alcohol and check this out. Not to another vice. Right. I'm not going to go from, from alcohol exercise. to cigarettes. Oh, yeah. or, or there you go. No, exercise. That's even better. Yeah. Um, instead of instead of alcohol, I'm just going to exercise. No, exercise is still wrong, even though it's good for you and healthy for your body, right? Um, no, I'm turning back to God. That's re- that's the repentance. It's, I'm turning away from the vice. I'm turning away from the sin. I'm turning away from whatever you want to call it, and I'm turning back to God. That's the repentance. Well, and I just I have to write things down as we're talking, otherwise I'll forget to say it. But um, it kind of, if you want like an illustration, you know, when a horse has blinders on mm-hmm. so that it can like stay the that's, course. Yeah. I sort of feel like it's the same with us. Let's take this alcohol and and um, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm going to go work out. So days a week um but you are just replacing something earthly with another thing that was earthly and although yes it might be better for you physically and mentally and emotionally and for your relationships um i think that your heavenly father is lost in translation somewhere and Mm -hmm. so that messes like with the whole alignment piece so anyways getting back to the horse and the blinders it's almost like you got to block everything out you know and everything's screaming for your attention and you just got to be like God, I got to get right with you before I do anything else. Yep. Some well, something I brought up um, a couple of weeks ago in a message, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week in the um, on the podcast. Well, we may it have because I wasn't able to upload it. So, <laughs> so well, so this may be um, brand new for 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 those of you who are listening. But um, and this is something that I'm trying to to keep in front of our us as a church. And, but it's the one of 2021. Um, and so every time you see 2021, every time you see the date written, let the one serve a purpose so that when you see one, you, you remember to go to God first, seek God first, um, talk to God first. So this was the first part of the sign series. The first message is, um, towards the end of it. I started, I know, did I miss this that? Out. you must have, you must have missed it all together, but yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but yes, go to God first. Um, you know, seek him first, talk to him first. That, that was the context in which I brought it up. Um, because so it was the changing the water to wine and um when they found out that they had run out of wine it says that mary who was jesus mom mary goes to jesus and i was making the point that the first 
the first conversation that we know about, the first thing that happened that we know of that was written down was Mary went to Jesus. That was the first thing that happened. So I was basically pulling off of that to say, man, let 2020, every time you see the one in 2021, let's, let it serve a purpose this year and be a reminder to go to him first, to seek God first. But even beyond that, it's a reminder, you and I are called to, to make disciples. You and I are called to bring people face-to-face with Jesus. You and I are called to lead lead people to Christ. Mm-hmm. So what if the one was a reminder of, hey, I should make at least one disciple this one, year. Yeah. I should lead at least one person to Jesus this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not too much to ask for. I mean, this is our calling. This is all yeah. of our calling. Make I it should... your yearly like, mission. I Absolutely. love that idea. I don't know where I was when you were saying this <laughs> great golden ticket thing okay so that actually brings me to the next question shane it's like if you have an unconfessed sin mm-hmm. any and all like is there is there a consequence to that so uh, yeah 100 percent. now here's the thing i don't think there's a consequence of um that, that that unconfessed sin isn't paid for it is paid for um you know when when i when i surrendered my life to christ when i gave my life to christ when i received him this is all church language we use. When I received him as my Lord and Savior, I got saved. Yes. Right? That's all sin all time. That's all the sin of my past, my present, and my future. It's 100% forgiven. 2,000 years ago on a cross, I was forgiven of all of my sin the moment I received it. So it's paid for. But now, are there, are there consequences of unconfessed sin? Absolutely. Is it going to mess up the alignment, the relationship? Absolutely. Is it going to mess up your experience? 100%. Um now this seems like it's a totally, um, you know, different subject, different different text. Doesn't have anything to do with it, but it's completely relatable. Matthew chapter five, the Beatitudes. Um, Jesus says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." That's what he said. Blessed are the pure in heart, or blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, pure in heart doesn't mean perfect. Without sin of heart, that's not the idea of pure in heart. Pure heart means um, means clean, like um, means um, intentional, um, right? It, uh, nothing's blocking it. Like think about it along the lines of um, uh, of like it's cleaned out, it's cleansed out. It's there's no there's no obstruction. There there there's you no go. That's probably blockages the in the arteries. That's a, that's a, that's the great illustration of it, right? Um, for it to be pure of heart, there's nothing obstructing the flow. Okay, right. Um, and if there's nothing obstructing the flow, then the promise is I will see God. I'll see God at work in my life. I will see God at work in, um, you know, around me, through me, those kinds of things. But when I have unconfessed sin mm-hmm. or when I'm actively participating and living in sin, it is messing up that flow. Okay. And to go back to, if you will, to go back to the horse and the blinders, like just staying focused on Jesus mm-hmm. because this the unconfessed sin it does muddy the waters. Absolutely. You know, you gotta worry about what lie you just told and how you're gonna cover that lie with the next lie or, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Um so I see what I see what you're saying is is what I'm saying. And I knew you were going to say that it gets in the way of relationships because you always say that. Um and to put God first. But I guess like a lot of times, Shane, when I'm praying with my kids, I just wonder how we're supposed to teach them. Because, I, and this is my, this is mm-hmm. Courtney talking. This is not Shane talking right here. You know, I just think that like when we're teaching them how to pray, I don't want them to think of God as a genie. You sure. know, dear God, Absolutely. please bless this food to nourish our body and bless our family, and please help me to have a good day at school tomorrow. I mean, that's 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 it's precious 
don't get me wrong, and I enjoy these prayers. I mean, mm-hmm. prayer time at our table is hysterical, and I think God has a sense of humor, and he sees the pureness of their hearts. But I also believe that, like, you know, we should also be like, God, forgive us of our sins. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime I say that prayer with my kids, they've never asked me ever, Mommy, you sinned today? Like, but I just, the day's coming sure. for them to be like, what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> and I just wonder, like, how I can teach my kids that, like, it's a relationship that you have to say, like, hey, I messed up today, God. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And the older they get, the more that will become necessary and become, um, you know, a reality for them. And, and just their ability to grasp that and understand it, you know. Um, there's some things that, you know, I, I think about my four-year-old. My, he's, you know, Marshall just wouldn't, if I tried to have the conversation, he wouldn't get it. But, but do you do you do you do like the whole um, forgive us of our sins? Yeah, so that's that's the prayer Marshall prays every night. He he prays the Lord's prayer every single night, um, and right now it's just it's it's repetition. It's right. rote. You know, he has no idea. Matter of fact, sometimes after we get done praying, he'll say, "Daddy, what is um, um, what is yeah?" I think the most recent one was, um, which is funny. He's never asked about trespasses, but because Hannah taught him the the King James Version, because that's how she has it memorized. So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass yes, against that's us. that's the way I um, You know, instead of the sin piece. But he asked about uh, temptation. What's temptation? Oh, Marshall. Um, so so he, pr- he'll, he prays it, and then he asks questions about okay. what he's praying. or um, And then that'll give you the opportunity when he's ready. You know, kind of like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? yeah. uh, so maybe that's what we do. I think that's a good idea. But I think keeping it out in front of him is important. Um, you know, I think when Jesus taught us the to pray and that was the example that he laid out for us i think it's a great i think it's a great example we've talked about this on the podcast before um, of making it part of your practice but i think there's incredible grace and mercy just looking at it from the perspective of he said when you pray be sure that you include in there forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against each other like it was going to be common practice. Like it was, he already knew we were going to be dealing with sin. He already knew on a daily basis there was a need to confess it. Yeah, a need to put it out there and be forgive and re- be reminded that we're forgiven. And I think at the very like base of that is like peace. You know, if you can, whatever the scripture says, because I can't think of it now. But you know, be at peace with all people. And mm-hmm. how would you be at peace with all people? Is to forgive them and for them to also forgive you. Absolutely, yeah. To make that record, you know. But then at the same time, there's some there's sometimes when they won't forgive or they don't want to reconcile. Right. Um, and so that doesn't excuse us on our part. We, you know, that part of the scripture, as much as it depends on you, because I can't do anything about what you are going to do, but I can do everything about what I'm going to do. Right. I can own. It, I can be responsible, sure. you know. I can, I can, I can do everything I can on my end um, to seek reconciliation. And if you won't reconcile, well, <laughs> I can't help that. But if you're a follower of Christ, you ought to be doing the exact same thing. Well, and it's been taught, at least the way that I interpreted, which everything is up for interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, I always thought that unconfessed sin, that, like, God wouldn't hear my prayers. And maybe I got that confused with forgiveness. Like, if you don't forgive, then God doesn't... Did I get that confused? No, I don't think so. I think I think that's been taught. Okay. Um, you know, that's a... Like, I've, I've heard that, too. I've, I used to believe that, if you will. And I do think, again, I think it messes up the alignment. I think it messes up our ability to be able to experience God's fullness and what He's doing, because that's evident through all, out, throughout of all of Scripture. But if unconfessed sin kept God from hearing us, logically, if we put that to the test, it doesn't make any sense. Then how in the world would God ever hear the unbeliever? 
crying out for him and surrendering. I just thought, before, right? yes, I just thought that. What about David when he is struggling through, um, let's use David's most famous sin, and that is um, when he sleeps with Bathsheba, yes. with another man's wife. Um, as he is struggling through that, you know, we have Psalms where he is crying out to God. And God is hearing this. And he, but he's saying, he's, I mean, he's groveling. He's that's like, right. please hear me. That's right. Um, and so God's still hearing him. God hasn't turned his, his ear from him because of his sin. Um, but David will pay a consequence for that sin. Okay, so guys, if you don't go to our church, this is what I love that Shane does is that he is always going to go back to the text. Um, he's always going to pull something from the Bible that, I mean, you just answered everything. Like God was listening to David even though he slept with somebody else's wife. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all, that happens right now. And we think it's like this um, sin that can't be forgiven, right? right. It's like the ultimate, besides maybe killing somebody. Right? <laughs> but I mean, it's like the ultimate. Like you don't sleep with somebody else's mm-hmm. spouse. And um, here, God, I mean, it's right there in the Bible. Like God was listening. He may not have done anything about it right then and there. And he certainly made David grovel. I mean, that's right. And that's, and I think that's that's really really important because you know David, man, he there was that caused all kinds of issues. It caused issues in his reign as a king. Yeah. It caused issues with his family. It um, it caused people their lives actually, mm-hmm. including Bathsheba's husband um, at that time. You know he. He, he, he had it set up for him to be killed. Yeah. Um, and then so and then he was responsible for his death, his so as a as in murder. And then he's like um, guilty about that. That's right. And he and he has to live with those consequences, but it does not separate him from God forever. He is still you know, God he is still a man after God's own heart. But he's not he's not a perfect man. So so now, and this is gonna be my last question because this is deep and I, I think it, it's been really good. But so yeah. so on the day that, that we get to see Jesus face to face and mm-hmm. we have to give an account, mm-hmm. what does that mean? So let's say let's talk about David. Let's pretend yeah. like we are a fly on the wall watching David give an account. What does that mean? Does he does he say, like, yeah, I slept with Bathsheba and I said I'm sorry and I'm really sorry and thanks for dying on the cross, by the way. Yeah, I don't so I I don't I don't guess I'll pretend to know yeah. what that how that plays out because we just don't have any indication. We just know that we're responsible to give an account. The it's all it's courtroom language. It really is. So when um, Jesus is a, is the the comforter and the counselor. The counselor is lawyer language. It's it, that, I mean that's the that's the idea. Um, and in some um, you know some courts. Um, the lawyer is referred to as counselor, or the judge refers to him as counselor, yes. right? So he is a counselor. That that is it, and um, and so it, so the, you have legal language all throughout the out the out the Bible, and it's almost we are standing in front of the court, God judge, um, but Jesus is our counselor, mm-hmm. and so although we are giving an account, our sin has been atoned for. Does that make sense? Yes. So I don't know what the the answer. Uh, I mean, maybe it's. You know, like if you get called on the carpet on something, and then you're like, you come clean, or you're you, like, or like, hey, you did this, or whatever it was, and you're yes. like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I think that's the account. I, I don't know. I don't know. But in front but of I, Jesus, who we're already, you know, we, we've read in the Bible how many times people just go flat on their face when, yes. they, when they even see like the feet, you know. Yep. Um, so I guess, I guess, I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, I think so, and I, th- I feel like, um, you know, I, well, what you just brought without getting off on a tangent here, because I know we're wrapping up, um, I, I don't know of any other response, like, I don't know who doesn't fall on their face before Jesus, but I think in that moment, and in that, that we realize how wretched we are, how wrong we are, um, how unworthy we are, and it makes that much more light of grace, and that much more light of His mercy. 
And I guess to piggyback on that is how much better are we going to feel? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we feel wretched and awful in, in, in everything that we did on earth, but then just to know. He loves me anyways. Yes. And I guess we can end right there because that's powerful to know that we serve a God that um, he's going to love us no matter what. Mm-hmm. So this has been good, us dissecting sin, and I think I have a better idea personally of how I'm going to teach it to my kids. Cool. Thanks, good. Shane. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's been good. Shane's going to be live on Sunday at 1030. That's right, 1030. So join us. You can join us online live if you want, greenwoodbaptist.live, um, or through Facebook. So I think they, they stream it on Facebook Live now as well. Um, Facebook hates then, me for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't even have the Facebook app on my phone um, anymore, so I've deleted it weeks ago. Hey, but. is this the third <laughs> miracle? This is the third miracle, yeah. So this okay. is... Um, this is when Jesus heals the invalid of 38 years, which is kind of funny because last week I used that as an example mm-hmm. and um, totally was not thinking that that was the third sign. Oh, um, God set you even, up. <laughs> wasn't even tracking. So, yeah. So, when Jesus hears, heals the uh, the man who had been an invalid for 38 years, which I'm going to talk about what that means. Um, get up. Tells him to get up. Um, pick up his mat and walk. So I'm excited about that. Okay, well, I'm excited too. And if you didn't hear the previous two, they were both awesome. And even one had illustrations, and we, we kind of hashed that one out And mm-hmm. um, when Jesus turned the water into the wine. So if you want to catch up on those, you can always go to the website or the Facebook page, and I think they're all kind of listed there. Yeah, they are. Okay, yep. guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.